This episode is presented by Warriors Hope, serving our veterans by helping them reintegrate back into civilian life effectively. Visit them online at warriors-hope.org. And welcome to Surviving Danger Close. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jared. I am John. Dustin. And today we Zach. have a special guest, our special guest, Zach. Now, Zach, what are what do you do and why are you our special guest today? Other than I um, must have asked you to. Yeah, yeah he has <laughs> I was going to no say. Idea. I just said get on your computer. <laughs> Don't really have a purpose otherwise, just Dustin invited me. But uh, no, I'm a, I'm a school resource officer and I've been in this position for approximately eight months now. Um, so I'm kind of fresh into it, but I'm excited to talk about that position now i looked up because we don't have a sro in our area um john can correct me if wrong i i will correct but, you because the the town that i well i mean i don't know if they still i'm sure they still do but there was one in my high school which was just a little bit away from you okay and the next the next is, over we did have one is that just an officer that likes to sit in the schools because we have those Basically, oh absolutely we know but he spent retired, so if you're listening, buddy, you know who you are. Um, no, uh, I didn't know what a SRO was, and Zach and I have talked on a couple occasions. So I got looking up. I'm like, well, what questions could we ask him? And the number one question that popped up on one website was, are SO SROs real cops? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just well, open with that one, Zach. That's a good question. That's a good question to start with. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. We're uh, real cops. We're trained. Uh, we actually start out <clears throat> as, you know, go out onto the road once we're done with FTO. And we spend a lot of time on the road, you know, just gaining that experience. Because if you're a cop out there or if have done anything, uh, juvenile matters are totally different. And you got to have a little bit more knowledge and they want you to have a little bit of experience going into that. So we have all the same training and then we have much more additional training. Um, that goes and, into and that. Reason, and the reason I'm on the show, what is FTO? Uh, field training. So as soon as you get out of the police academy, um, you're going to go into field training. You start out with a experienced officer, and then you're going to, it's approximately 16 weeks, depending what department you're in. But right. So you're going to do that, and then you're out on your own. So now, how long you, have you been in law enforcement, Zach? I've been in law enforcement for approximately four years now. So four years, and then the last over the last year, you've been the SRO. Correct. All right. Wow. So, so you waited hard? till oh, mid pandemic. You made it waited till mid pandemic to have to go in and deal with the schools and how they've been when they're closed. Things. That's I think what yeah, you're when they're yeah, mostly so closed. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's actually been great. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially where I'm at, they uh, closed it down for quite a while, and. Uh, now approximately most of the schools are at 40 to 50 percent so might as well start out halfway ease myself into it grab a few donuts and stuff because they, they treat us all right in there <laughs> so no we're what five minutes in he's already gone stereotyping on us yeah sorry man <laughs> but it's true I, I i don't know about you john man but i uh i love me some donuts well, I can't say I've ever turned one down, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I won't buy one. Um, I know that. Uh, I, I don't want to be that guy that goes into Speedway. And now I will tell you that in our in our small town near where Dustin works, I can tell you that at 3 a.m., the Krispy Kreme truck uh, every morning was on its way to Speedway. And uh, I, 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 you know, the dang guy had a, had a burned out headlight and I would not stop him because I did not want to end up on Facebook or YouTube or anything like go on dude you're good you're good yeah. <laughs> you know that dash cam was going to come out <laughs> yes exactly right so I guess uh, hey, Amanda, Zach, thanks for listening is, is SRO something that you wanted to do or was this an assignment voluntold to you no this was definitely an assignment that I wanted to get into and the main reasons for that being is um, 
there's something about giving back to the youth. Um, I'm kind of a religious person. I shouldn't say kind of, I am a religious person. Um, and just giving back to your community in that sense and being in a role where um, a lot of people don't, you know, realize, but being in a school is most, I, and I don't know what you feel about this, but uh, a lot of the times you're dealing with people's problems on the road and it's, I, I, I contribute, it's probably 90 to 10%. So 90% positive, 10%. Or I'm sorry, 90% negative, 10% positive what you're dealing with. Um, mm -hmm. Being in the schools, I would say it's approximately 70% positive, 30% negative of okay. you're dealing with people's problems, approximately 30%. So having that fluctuation and change uh, just kind of totally changes how you view law enforcement. Um, mm -hmm. So that was one of the bigger reasons. And then uh, just being able to um, <clears throat> just interact, broaden my horizon. Um, get into a different unit, do that stuff. And then a lot of it's public speaking too. So I wanted to sure. um, expand on that and really just know how to talk in front of people. Um, we do a lot of presentations with our schools. Um, mm -hmm. We teach a lot of law. So just kind of getting into that different facet of law enforcement that, you know, some other departments don't have that opportunity to, but kind of saw opportunity to get into that. And that's why I kind of got into it. So that's cool. So you found your own little niche that you were able to uh, kind of make yours and hollow out and make a difference yeah, for that sure. way. Because, yeah. um, you know, when, when I worked midnights uh, and I first came to day shift, my sergeant was like, look, man, it, it's not night shift out here. Okay. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to actually see decent people. <laughs> most of them are not drunk. <laughs> most of them are not beating on their spouses. It, it, you know, you're going to have to relax a little bit. You know, yeah. so I can only so, I can only imagine what it would be like to go into a school. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's different too, right? So I started out on day shift, went from day shift to midnights, midnights to afternoons, afternoons to days, days to schools, and each one of them has like its progression of <laughs> right. dirt bags you're running into, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and it definitely goes down the line. It's midnights is the most, afternoons you're getting that overlap days you're definitely dealing with less and then schools is far far less so you got to right. be like on top of your game and you got people coming into your office all the time asking you questions so you got to be up on your laws and stuff like that so it's a totally different world sure now how Jared, many schools do you cover right now so we have approximately in i should know this right offhand but i'm just going to say 25 approximately but we have three school resource officers so oh, okay. we each we each cover approximately eight. Obviously, there's you know one that's going to have nine, but yeah. So do you have like a set time, or do you have like an office or a space at each building that you work with or work in? Yeah. So I have. I don't do designated times. Um, I like to keep everything inconsistent as much as possible. I don't want to be driving down the same road. Um, at yeah. seven thirty in the morning every single day because uh, you know we just we just don't like to do that in law enforcement. We want to stay in, inconsistent as possible. And the other reasons for that is um, I have one main high school that I go to and I have an office in. I don't want to be there every single day, every time at eight o'clock. Yeah. Because I have other schools, I don't want somebody waiting on me or. Um, you know, I want to be there as much as possible. That way the school knows that I'm there, but they have all my contact info. I have a cell phone, work cell phone that they can contact me on, but I want to make sure that the other schools know that I'm going to pop in. Um, obviously we're there for school safety, but also sometimes the kids need a little bit of correcting as well. So popping in on them guys a little bit once in a while, just keeps them, keeps them on their toes, making sure they're doing what's mm -hmm. right. There was a time that I was a uh, school counselor for a school around here, and we didn't have a set SRL that came in, but we did have a couple of the same people from the local uh, the city police department come in. And one of them said he enjoyed doing it because he says we would be walking by each class. Now, he's obviously on the road more than he is in the school, but he'd be like, well, I know last week I arrested so-and-so's parent or there was an issue at this place so i just want to come and his goal was to get to that classroom 
so he could just see that child in a positive light. Now, do you see any kind of interaction like that? Yours is obviously a little bit larger than, than our county, but. Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely that overlap. So I'm not on the road, so that officer may deal with that situation and then go into the schools trying to seek that out. Now, what I do do is I read the reports and everything juvenile related that goes on in my school the road officer will send to me just to give me a heads up. And okay. so I can do that. I can go to that, you know, classroom or whatever, and we'll give the school heads up as well because they have counselors that are in there. They have mm -hmm. APs, principals that are in there willing to help. And we just have a abundance of resources that can go in and help this child out after that critical incident that kind of happened. And we can, you know, take the steps that are necessary. So yeah, for sure. We have a, a lot of things going on in the schools. Um, I, I don't even know. You can imagine what 25 schools is. I know our high yeah. schools are around 2,000 a piece. So there's there's a lot of yeah. I think so that, that's so, all four buildings that we have in our city is, is yeah. <laughs> that's more than that, and that's just your high school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and you're obviously like, in uniform, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So that way they do have that that kind of that okay. I can see them in a positive light now. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and when we when we step in the when we step in the door, we're not just that. You know, a lot of the times people will ask, "Well, why do we need an officer in the school?" Well, we're not there to necessarily just be an officer. We're there to mentor. We're there to teach, so they can stay out of trouble. We're there to counsel. You know, some kids don't want to relate or go to the counselor for every single thing. They want to see that officer that may have a better understanding of what's going out, you know, maybe what just happened. Maybe they need to talk to somebody, hey, my mom just got arrested or my dad just got arrested and they need somebody to bounce that idea off of. And it's building those relationships so they can come in and talk to you and feel comfortable with you. Because if, you know, you know, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel comfortable necessarily when I was a kid growing up, just walking straight up to an officer and like, you know, given them all my problems that I had with my family last night. Yeah. You know? uh, um, so it's, it's really building that relationship. <laughs> Sorry. What was that? I still don't. I do a podcast with one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's usually because we make fun of you. <laughs> You're active staring. That's right. Right. We're busy <laughs> bullying, Jared. <laughs> no, so what, I guess. School. Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll oh, no. Go ahead, Jared. Oh, yeah. oh. No, uh, with a school that big, I mean, you've got 2,000 in high school, and like Dustin said, around us, I mean, 2,000 is more than a school district. So how can you, sure. how do you build relationships with these students when you're bouncing between the schools and there's so many? Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of it is just getting your face out there, just recognizing that they can, he, he's in our building, why is he in our building? So teaching them that this is what we do, this is why we do it. And then just getting involved in the mass, biggest population events you can. Um, so obviously COVID's been a struggle and that actually adds so many different difficulties for me getting into it because I've had such a hard time to relate to them because there's no big events. So right now I'm actually struggling to relate to the majority, but I've actually built stronger relationships than I probably ever would with the students I actually see in person because I can get to more of them. Okay. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. So you're not just popping in on their zooms or anything. No. Class <laughs> zooms, you know, algebra two is going. Yeah. But I, I'll give the, I'll give the, I'll stick my head out for the teachers. Uh, it is difficult. I had to do a zoom class and teach in person. It is exhausting. It is, <laughs> it's not fun. What kind of training did you have to lead up to going into the school? Yes. Nothing particularly going into it, it's always after. So once you're in the position, um, I was selected and, and they, I don't want to brag on myself or anything, but it's got to be a certain kind of person, somebody that is willing to relate to the kids. You don't want, you know, Joe Blow that's 25 years on, hates the world and just wants to, you know, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You don't want that person going into your schools and representing your department and being that liaison, you know? Um, so it's kind of like a, I don't want to say handpicked, but they, they're very choosy in who they want selected in those positions. And then um, 
we go to basic SRO, which is a week long course. And then we go to advanced SRO, which is three day course. And then we do Alice trainings, which I'm not sure if they're, you guys are familiar with that, but that's, that's a lockdown type of thing. Um, so it's an evacuation. It's just a whole protocol that encompasses that Alice has, you know, put into these schools. So all the kids are learning that, um, we teach that we're instructors and then we go to like a lot of teen brain type mentalities, trying to understand what's going on in the juvenile mind. So lots of trainings that go in on that stuff. Good luck. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's like a doctorate right there. Jeez, oh, Keith. <laughs> yeah. Where's your, what's your thesis? Yeah. And Man. I haven't, and I haven't made it to all the trainings, but I've, you know, just starting on them. So COVID COVID has been a uh, real struggle to get in trainings and stuff. Yeah. Did you have a question, John? I was going to, yeah, bounce one off you, Zach. So, um, sure. you, you know, I do enjoy going to some of the schools, but I, I prefer um, speaking with the younger kids. There's no way in, mm -hmm. in the world would I go into a high school. Um, but I do have fun going in and reading to, like, elementary kids. Um, okay. So I guess when you have it's situations. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, when you have situations that deal with, um, obviously, crime, do you handle those as the SRO or do you just take them basic information and hand it over to a patrolman? No, uh, we, we take all of our cases and I would say mainly out of like ex excluding sexual assault cases that are like in depth. Um, we right. pretty much handle our, ours all the way to the finish. So we're actually, yeah. we're getting into the detective type stuff. So it's actually yeah. kind of a unique position. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're, and how we deal with it is we're, we're an officer first, right? We're not that sure. mentor. We're not that um, counselor at that time. We need to be the officer and deal with the problem first. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's unique because it seems like now out of all the school districts in our county, we, we are assigned each, uh, each officer is assigned different schools. Mm -hmm. And so we try and get in there as uh, prior to COVID, we try and get in there and do as much as we can. Um, but you know, unfortunately nine times out of 10, we're in there because, you know, uh, specifically okay. media, uh, you know, Snapchat, yep. uh, yep. Instagram and, and, you know, some of the things we have to do is obviously educate, you know, just cause you delete it doesn't mean it's deleted. You know, <laughs> yeah. and once it's, yeah. once it's on the internet, it is there forever. Yep. And, yep. uh, so I was just, you know. I, I, we don't have SROs, and like I said, we, we do go into the schools. Um, obviously, local uh, police departments have more of an opportunity to go into their local schools than a, than a deputy would. But, For uh, sure. yeah, that's an interesting perspective there. Kind of a unique uh, caveat to a relationship, too, as well. You know, it's, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and being in a local PD, like, I mean, we're start, such a large city with so many schools. I mean, we have to have people that are closely monitoring those um, and, sure. you know, every school's in, in danger per se of, you know, that it could active shooter could happen. Right. Um, sure. But with the amount of people that could, you know, have casualties and stuff like that, we our, our city just designates so many to that. So. And that's what a good thing to have. But, nope. You're good. I was going to say, you know, um, we're all, you know, anytime it comes to schools, the first thing any officer is going to say is active shooter. Mm -hmm. um, it's been what's ingrained in, into us. But what would your experience in the last eight months with COVID, what would you say through your experience would be the greatest uh, threat to, to children in a school aside from active shooter? Huh. Ah, man. Honestly, the thing ah, that comes up, the, yeah, honestly, the thing that comes up the most is um, just like pure, and I, I don't want to like say it, it's, I mean, most of it's just bullying and cyberbullying though. These uh -huh. kids are ruthless and they'll pick somebody apart to the point where, you know, they're ready, you know, they're calling us and hitting, you know, suicide hotlines and stuff like that. And it's just yeah. like. And these kids just are joking around about it because they found the odd hen out, you know, and sure. it's crazy. So I, me personally, from what I've seen and what I've actually 
dealt with, that that seems mm-hmm. to be one of the bigger issues. And, Aren't and you I glad they didn't have the internet when we were growing up? I know. Oh <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine. Little known fact, guys, is Zach and I went to the same school. Um, yeah. One of us is older, I'm and sorry. I won't say he's the younger <laughs> one. But um, uh, yeah, w- there was enough going on without the internet. I can't even imagine being a kid and dealing, going home. At least when when you and I would go home, we were away exactly. from a little bit. But when they go home and, and pick up their phone and look at it, it's right there in front of their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. You know, aside from the bullying, we do see a lot of, um, uh, let's see, a lot of blackmailing type stuff, you know? Yep. Somebody will feel feel comfortable sending or posting a a provocative picture, and the next thing you know, hey, I'm going to release those photographs unless you do this. You know, so a lot of times, you know, a student can get backed into a corner that way. Um, as well as, unfortunately, I, I find kids to be too trusting. They're so naive, yeah. and, and I don't know if that was maybe the same way 10 years ago or just now the kids, I don't want to say they're, I don't want to say they're dumb because they're, they're ridiculously intelligent when they want to be, uh, especially with electronics. Um, but, you know, they think they, because they talk to somebody on the Xbox or the PlayStation or online, they, they know them. And right. they totally, totally are trustworthy of that person, and I just find that just absolutely alarming. Yeah, yeah, and, and predators are you know constantly seeking out those chat rooms and Xbox Lives yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, and they'll they'll act, you know, and we all know that. Um, but you know, Johnny at fourteen, thirteen years old just doesn't realize that it's not his buddy on the other end. So it is, it's alarming. Yeah, and that's got to be one thing is just they, they get so open. It's like they're behind the keyboard, and they get open to, um, you know, okay, now I can pour my soul out because I'm in a private chat, and none of this is going to go anywhere. But they have no idea who's on the other side of that keyboard, and we've seen it even in our small community uh, countless times, and especially in a town your size or a city your size. That's got to be multiplied by, you know, quite a bit well and especially in my city i mean everybody's got the you know newest latest and greatest phones i mean these kids are smarter than their you know most of their parents and uh, literally and 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 in my city is what what you'll see is parents are too busy working and don't have enough time to monitor you know what the kids are doing so um it's a lot of family issues and then it stems into okay well the family's not going to provide me with attention or whatever it is, I'm going to go seek it somewhere else. And even negative attention is still attention. Exactly. In the psychology, getting into a little bit of the psychology of a young mind, you know, they don't care if it's negative attention or not. They just see, okay, somebody's seeking me. So I'm going to do whatever I can to please them. Even if I myself have to become (laughs) fault. Yep. Yep. And I just took a, I just took a complaint this last week and uh, very, very similar. This kid's super bright. Um, just has anger issues stemming from a divorce and uh, he just can't deal with it and he seeks out negative attention and you know lashes yeah. out and different things like that so very true and you know, now I'm assuming that teachers and oh, talk to a lot of like, teachers and you know that that's when you know the you know I know you guys always see the the couple of times <laughs> I try to talk and that's why I don't talk we just well, forget oh, you're there listening. except for the beginning Jared got the whole eye roll going right you know <laughs> oh i man. forgot i got video hold on <laughs> that, that's the only way i made it through customer service for so many years nobody gets to see my eye rolls um no, i was gonna say talking to teachers you know they uh they they know when the kid is more comfortable at school than at home because that's where they act yeah. out just, you know kids yep. always act out where they're the where the comfort is and if comfort's for at sure. school so that's when the teachers end up seeing it so i mean teachers a good teacher really zones in on that. And I know, especially in this little town that we're at, they really yeah. zone in on those. Yeah. And especially when it comes to us having to be a, an officer and deal with possible crimes that these you know kids are committing, um, we actually kind of have to peel back the layers to figure out if there's some underlying issues. So sometimes on the road, we're just so quick to, okay, you did this, clear cut, black and white. 
okay, that's your punishment. We're going to arrest you. We're going to take you to jail. That's it, right? Um, but when you get into these positions, you really got to start looking at, well, what's going on at home? What's, you know, maybe what's going on with yeah. some friends? And because if you don't deal with the problem right away and, and you start peeling back some of those layers, you end up dealing with it. Let's say they're in eighth grade. You deal with it from ninth to 11th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, right? So you're going right. to be dealing with that issue continually until you actually solve the problem. See, now we're all good. done shy to ask you questions. <laughs> are you are you good, Jared? Can I get can... – Go ahead. Go ahead, Dustin. That's fine. Uh, I'll allow it. I'll unmute you and allow it. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing <laughs> – I'm yeah down on myself. Um, we got thumbs down thing going, was, for those just listening. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're lost. Uh, right. That was one thing I was thinking about was how if you go into a situation, um, I'm assuming that if they call you, it's already escalated beyond their normal procedures or their normal uh, SOP. Um, so when you get into that situation, you realize, okay, maybe this <clears throat> this child has a mental health deal, or maybe there's something that he talked to you about, he or she. You know, how do you approach those situations? Because as you said, it's not like a quick response at a traffic stop with cars flying by you, but you're in a setting where you've got a lot of eyes, cameras. You know, how do you deal with that? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously culture in – John can attest to this a little bit longer because or a little bit more because you've worked in law enforcement a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, now today's age, you always have to be cognizant of cameras, people's phones, eyes and stuff like that. Um, but something you kind of alluded to already, the teen brain works so much differently. So if we're yeah. specifically talking about juveniles, um, there's this thing and I can't remember exactly what it's called because I didn't. Uh, it wasn't taught to me. Some one of the other SROs kind of taught it to me like just showed it to me but and it goes with adults as well but once you're in an escalated state there's no reasoning with that teen brain no right you cannot reason with that you cannot tell him what to do he's going to do whatever he wants until we get him down into this de-escalated phase and we're going to talk to him down here and then we're going to be able to reason with him so whatever we do up at this point is if we start raising that escalation point he's just going to go one step further Right. So we have to be able to maintain that low key and just bring him down until he's at a level where he can actually think and and be able to reason with himself. And, you know, once they start to get to that point, a lot of them be like, especially if you have a relationship with them, they'll be like, yeah, I freaking messed up. And yeah. they realize what they did. They understand exactly everything that just went on. But when they were up at this level. It's, you know, it's that fight or flight type mentality, like they're fighting for whatever they can. And until they come back down is when they start to realize everything that's went on and they actually realize that they made a mistake. And you being so. in uniform, probably when they see, they don't see maybe the face or know it's you, they look at it and say, okay, now the cops are here and that may automatically send them up even higher. So that makes yeah. your job all that much more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a lot of uh, kids that are dealing with mental health. And one of the main triggers is a uniform, man. Like it's, and that's why I try to go to those classrooms a lot is so they know me, they, they understand who I am, they understand why I'm there. And as much as possible, so that when they see me in a, in a scenario that, you know, they're not necessarily going to like the outcome, um, they can at least see a familiar face. Now, what kind of things are you trained to respond to when it comes to that situation? I mean, if somebody's, you know, I know when we were, when I worked at the school here, we had a safety uh, code and myself and, and a couple other designated uh, safety trained, I can't remember the name of the program, would show up. And, but when, if you're on site or if you get called, you know, how bad is it going to be, you think? Uh, I mean, uh, that's kind of a difficult question, mainly because I don't know if I'm understanding you properly, but it's the same as on the road, far as you okay. don't necessarily know what you're getting into. So I would relate the school staff as dispatch. School okay. staff doesn't, when you're, when you're a school resource officer, you are 
the first responder, but your dispatch is the school. It doesn't go from school to dispatch to you. They just call you directly. So okay. you're getting this. They don't understand law enforcement for the most part. They don't understand what situation is arising unless it's very clear cut. And then, you know, and I'm not trying to put anybody down. You just have to understand that law enforcement culture to understand what kind of information we need. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, obviously I love dispatchers. If any dispatchers are out there, <laughs> don't, don't crucify me. Amanda, Amanda's listening. Amanda yeah. is listening. So. <laughs> but you're, you're getting that secondhand information from, you know, Joe Blow on the side of the street saying, oh, there's a fight in progress and gives you all this crazy information. And then you're sending it to the officer and the officer, <laughs> well, it's not like it's nothing that you just described. Right. So, um, it's, it's the same type of thing. So it really could be anything that you're walking into. We're always ready for the worst possible outcome. And then we can always deescalate and, and deal with whatever problem we actually confront. John, you're thinking. <laughs> I took a deep breath wanna, just to hold my hold wanna, the air. Wanna. You know, I'm waiting for my turn. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you can attest to this, but uh, the Zoom has been a, a great asset in kind of a, a practice of if something should happen, this this mm -hmm. can work. You know, and I think there are students that um, probably do better in Zoom settings than in person, as vice versa. Um, but, you know, for us, I can really tell which schools are back in person versus still virtual because um, some schools do really great jobs at, at identifying their troubled students and the home lives. Mm -hmm. And so when they're in virtual learning, we don't get a referral for nothing, right? right. Like you can't buy a referral. And then all of a sudden you'll get five in one day and you're like, Ah, guess what school districts back in the person, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, and and I I do appreciate the um staff that does look out and they are mandated reporters. Um I do appreciate the staff that that does look out for their children and, and obviously their best interest and safety. Um mm -hmm. but it is something that uh you know maybe should be said, I guess, to administrations to, you know, ponder, I guess, what you know it sounds like you can agree with that as far as the staff. Um, what are some things that parents should be looking for, I guess, if they're, you know, children or are friends with, you know, obviously other students and, you know, when the teachers aren't getting hands on or eyes on with their kids, the classroom setting, um, safety wise, what, what is something that a student could look, um, I guess I'm trying to work through how I want to word this, you know, if you're, it, if Jared's, uh, got a concern about another student what's something he could tell his his mom or his dad you know because we've all seen the zooms where kids are interrupting by parents you know and maybe say some things that they shouldn't what are some things that parents could look for um, or how to report I guess that's a big mess yeah. I'm sorry should have thought about it more. yeah I mean, if, I mean we'd like if to call those some... buckshot questions yeah <laughs> I'll try to answer right. it as best as possible um, as far as what I understood. So, I mean, if the child is seeing something that maybe his friend is uh, in a in a troublesome situation, um, I mean, I would always suggest, hey, just let your parents know. And a lot of kids, and I think it was true when we were growing up as well, a lot of kids don't want to be known as the, the narc or the tattletale, right? Right, um, right, because snitches but, get stitches. Exactly. Right. And it's still a mentality. It's, it's, it's probably called something different now, but uh, <laughs> that's one of the biggest things I'm trying to catch up on is the stinking lingo. Um, Here, let me text my nephew and find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's that, it's that mentality of, okay, well, this is, this is now my responsibility. I saw something and we're actually seeing a little bit of a change of, okay, even though snitches get stitches, that's my friend and he he's not looking like himself and we're seeing a lot more kids like hey you know maybe he texts another friend and say like hey do you see anything going on with uh joe and they're like yeah so then they'll go talk to their parents and be like hey something's going on so we have in our in our city 
um, most of the parents can reach out directly to the assistant principal or the principal and okay. they'll, they'll contact right. them. And now they're, now they've contacted the mandated reporter. And okay. so it just starts that system, right? So whatever situation it is, um, my always, my thing, what I always tell kids is if you see something, don't be afraid to say something, first of all, but find somebody that you trust. If it's not your parents, that's why I'm there as well, right? Mm -hmm. Come talk to me. If you're seeing something that, hey, like you don't want to go talk to the assistant principal or your counselor about, um, come talk to me. Like, So that's just kind of different things, but we always got to try and push them to, to say something, first of all, but then find somebody that they trust and that will actually do something. Now, how can a student pull you aside to talk to you secretly without anybody saying, because if you're standing there in a lunchroom, you know, there's a couple hundred students already in there. And once they see you, once your classmates see you walk up to the officer, they know something's happening. So how can they yeah. see you discreetly? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. If it's in my current high school where I have an office, they can always stop by and, you know, walk right into my room. So the door's always open. Um, and that's just a mentality that, you know, like I said, you're always a mentor, you're always a counselor. So you're, you got, you're, you got to be available to them in that way. Um, so that's one way, or they can seek out an assistant principal or principal or secretary staff. All, all of the main staff has my number and they can shoot me a quick text and say, Hey, can you meet with this guy at his home? Or can you meet with him at uh, the end of school? Or, Hey, he's got a free period. Uh, this time he's going to sneak out and come talk to you. So lots of different ways that we can kind of keep it um, on the down low. Okay. I don't think they're saying that though. <laughs> no, no, I don't think they're saying that anymore. No, no, no. 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 They definitely have something. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old soul at heart. So. <laughs> Please. Yes. <laughs> I w yes, me too. <laughs> you know, old, 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 old knees. Old body. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, you probably do the whole program, the okay to say program, you know, and yeah. I've, I've never actually have gotten a referral from that. So I, I don't know how the state filters that down, but the, but the okay what to is say is okay? a program. Yep. Just give me a minute. Right. Just so trying to, I'm trying to participate now. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. If you could just please awkwardly stare at me. Uh, so it's okay to say is a, is a state-funded program uh, where kids can, can text or call tips, uh, basically kind of a reporting, a crime reporting or an abuse reporting or anything of the sort. Uh, and then somehow that information gets to law enforcement. That, that I don't know. I'm sure kids use it, but I've never personally handled something from there. I haven't either. Um, but as far as parents, um, that, you know, just, just because you're not a mandated reporter, uh, you know, and to clarify that is there, there are certain people, uh, designated, um, by law that if they learn or, or have knowledge of a crime being committed, they must report it to the state, uh, to law enforcement. But that doesn't mean, um, parents can't do the same or loved ones. And uh, there is a centralized intake number that you, parents can call, uh, which is for DHHS. And there you can report not only child, but senior citizen abuse or vulnerable, vulnerable adult. See, I'm normally in bed by now. Vulnerable adult <laughs> abuse. And uh, you know, yes, I'm old and I work days. So, <laughs> um, you know, so those are some of the programs out there that uh, for the state of Michigan, anyway, that, that parents, um, that have school age children should be aware of uh, to report those things. Jared's intently looking at the internet right now. No, I, I'm well, he posted I'm the okay to links say website. So, so yeah. now, I, now I'm on thehotline.org when I searched uh, MDHHS um, gotcha. abuse and centralized neglect. intake. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. I've got the number on both my phones if we want to share that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And a lot of what, John, what you were talking about right there, um, anybody can call directly to the local police department, right? So a lot of the times what we see, though, is they're not confident what they're dealing right. with is 
a crime or something like that. So it's like a filtration system. Like, hey, I'm going to contact the AP and just let her know, you know, because they should probably know. Well, a lot of the times it's a lack of confidence in going straight to the police and actually knowing what they're actually seeing. Sure. Or lack of confidence in their police. For sure. Unfor unfortunately, I've, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and probably up where you are, um, you might have people that hate the state police and like, I'm only using the county or hate the county yes. and uh, I want to go to the state police, right? So Yes, it's it's wonderful working for an elected official sometimes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Anybody? Anybody? I'm just putting the uh, centralized intake number on there. Oh, dude, you got to sign up for the email, the online version. It's amazing. How come you're so posting much easier. Under our name? I'm only posting under myself. I don't know. I just grabbed the phone and did it. Remember, I give my phone to my five-year-old and tell him fix it. <laughs> I don't have a five-year-old. I just have two cats. I'll they probably one. do better. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing when we always talk about um, cops in Is school Jared, and... Yes. and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and SROs is they always want, you know, active shooter, active shooter. That's, mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you see any police car at any school, that's what people are, are thinking about. And sure. the one thing that popped up to me was that cop in Florida that ran the other way. And now that is... Yeah. Yeah, just because I was Google, you know, in my <clears throat> vast preparation of five minutes before the show, um, <laughs> but just Googling it real quick, that was the first one that came up, and now SROs, if you Google it, you see the negative part of it, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's Google active shooters, you. yeah, active shooters in schools, I mean, yes, there's a possibility at any school, um, we're not going to say that every school in our area is going to be safe because we just don't know anything could happen but the likelihood of it is small but uh what do you say to somebody in there that says we i don't think we should have cops in our and they use that as the example because there's a lot that they don't want the cops in i think we alluded to it earlier they don't want cops in school because they think it it you know creates i don't know military government i don't know but what do you say to to that argument yeah, just kind of explain that our role is not just to be a police officer. And when you actually day-to-day -day every single day, um, my role as a police officer is probably used like 5% of the time. I mean, 95% of the time it's meet and greets. It's talking to teachers. Hey, what are you, what are you guys seeing? What, what do I need to look out for? Um, but it's not putting on that officer hat, you know, you're, you're doing something totally different. So I explained those other roles and luckily for us, um, we had a guy that kind of paved the path. Um, and he's just excellent with all the different kids in the schools. And he was actually, he was running the show for a long time, um, in the whole district, which was crazy, but, um, he did such a good job paving the way that we really don't have to have to come into that. Um, so, we don't get asked that question too often anymore. Um, but if I do, that's what I tell them. It's just, we play many different roles. And a lot of the times what people think is you're getting the street cop off the road and then you're throwing them right in the school and they're going to over police every situation. And, you know, everybody's getting arrested. Everybody's getting a ticket and we've kind of squashed that mentality. And, you know, you try to deal with everything fairly, but you got to realize that they're juveniles. And you, like I said, you try to peel back of, you know, is this a troubled child? Is this a repeat offender? Is this a one-time instance? And get that background information so you can make the right decision. Um, but yeah, a lot of people will think of over-policing in the schools and you just got to try and break that barrier down. Right. And you a know, lot of it comes any, from, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it wasn't me this was, time. <laughs> oh, wait, let me do the eye roll. I did. <laughs> so, any cop that's been working just over, you know, any any day would tell you that juvenile crimes are absolutely horrendous to do. 
All right. They, they just suck. Okay. The juvenile system in itself is just horrible, 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 horrible. So anything you can do to, to alleviate really, uh, you know, anything to do with kids, the better. Um, sure. but you know, it's just, it's just amazing. Like the point where you realize you are old <laughs> and you shouldn't be in the schools, <laughs> but you have to get, you have to be, you have to be willing to learn um, from these kids. Like, yeah, I never did Snapchat. I yeah. never did Instagram. Uh, but really, you almost have to because al almost everything that I – what's a fair percentage? Probably 70 to 80% is all Snapchat and Instagram. You know? It, I mean, mm -hmm. Facebook's kind of fallen off. Really, a lot of kids today um, don't even use it. They just yeah. use uh, Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just us. It, right. It's just the old people complaining about everything of why <laughs> Facebook's. Yeah. So, you know, but you have to be willing to learn those things and, uh, you know, use them to your advantage. And, and you know, even the language, uh, I mean, even drug crimes, you know, it's ridiculous. You want to know how, how much you don't know about drugs? Arrest somebody with drugs and you won't even have a clue. You know, the stuff yep. today is just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and it takes yes. a lot of knowledge and, and a lot of learning or willingness to learn to uh, look at those things. So what, I guess, what way would you have, in order to prepare for this over the last eight months, what are some of the things that you've personally had to learn or do? Yeah, so, I mean, just learning, <laughs> honestly, the same stuff that you just talked about, like being involved and learning all the new you know, because there's tons, like you, you named the two major ones was Instagram and Snapchat, but there is a ton of different apps out there. Um, some conceal or delete messages as they go, which is Snapchat, um, but a lot of other ones do as well. So there's certain ones that they go to that they do some inappropriate things on. Um, and as an officer, you know, you don't really want to know about that, but you're like, okay, I appreciate you. Let me know about that because, you know, so that's some of the things, um, staying up on like just culture and, and what they're going through. Right. So this mm -hmm. is one of the things that, you know, I live in kind of where you guys do, um, just a little bit further South. And then I work down in the city. So it's definitely not what I'm used to where I'm from and where I'm at now. So I have to I have to develop that culture that they're living in so I can understand them better, right? Um, and that's something that took a little while just to, you know, just between the schools, it's different, right? So you got one school that is doing its own thing over here, and then you go to elementary school, and they're from, you know, the south end of the neighborhood. And right. it's just right. a totally different bunch of kids. And so you got to learn what they're doing, what they're, you know, what makes them tick, right? Sure. So that's that's been the biggest things to try and incorporate. And then, like you said, just learning the differences of juvenile law, you know, to, you know, what the normal adults are, you know, dealing with and how it how it's different. Right. Um, but a lot of what you just said um, is a fear of not knowing how to deal with that. Right. So that was sure. one of the biggest things as as a road cop, you deal with, you know, all the normal stuff. And then when you get a juvenile, you're like, whoa, <laughs> let me call you. Know, let me let me call the DB or something, you know, something going on. Right. So, like, you got to be able to, uh, you know, work through that. And it takes you forever. But it's a lot of it's just because you don't understand it. And so getting into this, you it's it's that special unit. Right. It's that you just got to figure out your your stuff that you got to learn and it becomes the new normal. And then, so you're just adding, adding on tools to the belt over your career, right? Sure. You know, it's kind of like volunteering for the sex crimes unit, right? No, yes. nobody really wants to volunteer for that. No. And, and no. the stuff you're going to see here and uh. have to learn, no, <laughs> nobody in their right mind wants to do this, but they realize that nope. they need to, because there's a lot of evil out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So very good. And you had mentioned earlier, Zach, that, you know, you would, maybe you could meet them at their home or something like that. So how often, how much of your job is also done outside of where you, outside of the school buildings? Oh, I mean, every, every time, you know, I get a complaint, if I can't handle it um, inside the school, which is, you know, 75% of the time, 
and I'm, I'm a face to face person. So like, I want to see, you know, I don't want to have that phone call because you can pick up a lot of telltale signs off their face, yep. off their, you know, different things that are going on. So when you're dealing with, maybe you don't have all the evidence uh, and you're kind of fishing for some information because these kids, it's a whirlwind of, Oh no, mm. you know, Johnny was involved. He did it. And then Johnny's like, no, George did it. And, and it's just, it, it's a mess. Right. So you got to kind of figure out the cluster. Um, but doing that face to face at their home with their parents, kind of looking over their shoulder adds that little bit of uh, extra piece that you may need to get them to actually tell the truth. So um, I would say around 75% of my cases lead me outside of the school. Hmm. And do you respond during the day to any other calls outside of the, the school? Um, like I said, any, any, any juvenile that pertains to the district or my schools, because we have some different uh, religious schools that are in the area as well that we deal with, um, <clears throat> I would go to any of those. But if I'm on the road and I'm available um, to jump a run, I'll, I'll jump a run. I was just, uh, I was about a mile away from a drunk that was, at 1 p.m. Um, that was sleeping in a one-lane construction zone holding up <laughs> big uh, the traffic um, and uh, it was just a mess so he, he had held up traffic I had to uh, drive the median for about four miles no about a mile <laughs> um, yeah I had to drive the median for about a mile to get to him and he was still sleeping as I was banging on his car and had to wake him up and throw his uh, throw his car throw his car in park and turn off his car and get him out of the car. So, yeah, we we jump stuff. We uh, you know we always help out because you know the guys on the road. Uh, we have you know minimums and different things like that. Um, they're they're getting beat up all the time. So if we can snag one for them, we try to. Well, it's much okay. appreciated, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially that one. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, the question I guess that Dustin probably has is: Did you address the guy by name? Did you recognize him? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I did. Your guy <laughs> line of work. You have um, repeat customers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yes. I, I worked for a smaller town um, before this, and I would definitely see repeat customers. Um, I can't say that. In my city, I have seen too many repeat customers. It's just, you, I mean, you do, you have them, but it's like um, officer, you know, the night before dealt with them, be cognizant because you're going to deal with them today. You know, so it's it's that recognition of report to report. Gotcha. So in the final seven minutes, <laughs> sure. what, what, in what ways have you had to adjust? I, I guess I didn't ask you this. Are, are you married? Yes. Okay. Yep, been so sorry, for two Jared. and a half years. Congratulations. <laughs> any any children? No. Okay. Well, I'm sure that'll be a work in progress. So, in what <laughs> in what ways have you had to adjust um, your mental health or how you take care or view your relationship? Uh, maybe even as you know, talking about growing your family in your role as an SRO versus a road cop. In what ways has that affected you? Oh, it's kind of difficult because before I said uh, it's been more positive, right? Mm -hmm. um, so my wife, I'm not a midnights person whatsoever. So when I did my midnight shift tour for six months, um, I was a bear and I was a grump, you know, I was just a grumpy old person, right? And right. Uh, so she, she definitely noticed the difference and, you know, mm -hmm. it, it takes a toll on on her when I'm not feeling good and stuff like that. So sure. we had to work through that. And, uh, but going into the SRO position, um, like I said, it's more positive. So I actually come home and I have a little bit more bounce in my step and I'm, I'm ready to kind of tackle things more at home. Whereas, you know, you get that run that just affects your life. And, you know, I just don't see that from on a daily basis, like the road guys do. Now I will tell you this, when you get, a crazy thing that happens to children and you got to deal with it, it does suck. Um, right, yeah. And it does take that effect on you. So it's not like we, we just don't get the everyday stuff, but when mm -hmm. we do get it, it's usually a cluster and it, and it does affect you. So sure. we were actually just talking about it today and it was more on just a, just being a police officer in general. Um, mm -hmm. 
just that mental toll. Um, I was talking to a retired uh, police officer that just retired from our city. Uh, he called me up and he's like, you wouldn't believe the amount of stress that you hold on your body um, over the course of your career. And you don't realize it until about two weeks after you retire and you feel like you can stop looking over your shoulder and you can, you can stop, you know, okay, I'm not in a, I'm not in a, you know, cruiser right now. I, I can, right. you know, rest easy sitting at a traffic light, you know? Um, That's good. So that was kind of interest, interesting to hear. Um, it is. But it, it's kind of true. You don't realize the stress that you carry with you every single day because you get used to it. You get accustomed to it. Um, but right. I would our, say def definitely more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely more positive going into the school resource, but um, you still you still deal with things. Um, but mm -hmm. I would say overall more positive. So a little bit a little bit happier home life. Good. Good. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that about your coworker because uh, I've got a coworker that's uh, coming up on his retirement and uh, I spoke to him the other day and I said, you know, like, seriously, you look different, you know, since he <laughs> dropped his paperwork and he goes, you know, you're not the first one to tell me that. He says, I feel the stress leaving. I'm like, legitimately, you look like you're alive again. You look younger. You actually look happier. Like, you know, it, it's funny that, you know, we all wish that we could retire someday and we, we yep. you know, want to ride into the sunset. But when you see these guys, you know, I had this conversation, like, I didn't realize that when I became the old guy, like, the the group that when I hired you in, you know, they, you? no, no, <laughs> okay. you don't. But, you know, you don't realize how fast your career progresses. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and Zach, you said four years, roughly. Yes. So, um, yeah, you know, when I hired in 13 years ago, I, my guys that I was friends with, um, you know, they're, they're retiring now and it's like, holy shit, mm -hmm. I'm old, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's something to look forward to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy to see them actually fulfilling what, what so many people don't get to do. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of weird in the, in the police line of business, police work, not many retire, like mm -hmm. actually do their time and get to leave honorably. Um, yep. Quite a few get, get hung up on, on a roadblock somewhere, leave on their own accord, <laughs> been asked to leave. Um, many go out on injury or disability, whether it be, yep. you know, cancer or other, some stinking right. health problem that comes to our, uh, our <laughs> profession. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. So man, Zach, I wish you all the luck down there. Uh, hopefully you guys end yeah, up, you know, it, it's just like a teacher, right? You, you hardly ever work and you're, you're going to be out there collecting a full paycheck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting, you know, he's just going back to in-person school and here comes the summer break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, that is very true. Very true. <laughs> it, it was yeah, nice to hear from you, Zach. That poses a yeah, good question. What does what does the SRO do during summer break? Do you go and run, run patrol during the summer, or do you get to do the same? Uh, yeah, so time off. Yeah, so it's it's up in the air right now. Um, normally, we go into an investigation um, position because we're up in that unit. So we'll we'll get we'll start taking cases and different things like that. But it sounds like uh, as far as manpower, we're a little down this year, so we might have to go back out to patrol. You too. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? And it's interesting. Um, I've only got, you know, approximately three, three and a quarter um, years on the road. So I still feel like I have a little bit left to learn and I'm kind of excited if I get to go back out because, you know, still hungry, still want to, you know, run and gun a little bit, you know, a little, bit, you know, but it's just one of those things those days, that John. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. I I still like to find stuff. Just my stuff now is different. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah, just but no, that's that's now. the that's the yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking to transition to, right? So I'm trying to be a little bit more investigative because I have that experience now, and uh, kind of transition into you know finding a little bit bigger stuff and. You know, sure. so it's just it's kind of interesting. So we'll see what happens, but I'm excited either way. So well, good for you, man. I'm I'm we'll glad back there's still a couple officers out there. Happy. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <man. laughs>
This job will kill you. That is no doubt. Yeah, he it, made and it at midnight, it folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, we got a new nickname for you from Amanda there, John. Yeah. Yeah. Papa I John. Know. It's yeah. not even a new one. That's the sad part. <laughs> hey, it's new new to Jared and I, so uh, we may yeah, have to change thanks. some. Uh, Chat settings right. here. Thank you. Chat settings. Uh, <laughs> change all the descriptions on the videos. Well, can you make the font bigger? <laughs> you, you grab Whatever. these two fingers and you spread them apart, and then it comes bigger. <laughs> Wait, I get new glasses. Never mind. I, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> I can't even talk like that in front of an S, a religious SRO. Come on, man. I can't right. do that. <laughs> We're gonna uh, get it when funny. you log off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, Zach, if you right, need to Zach, talk well, to me about for... anything that Dustin has done, just let me know. Right. Yes, sounds <laughs> sounds good. Like he's done this before. I'm sure he's got stories. <laughs> so, Zach, thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, real informative. I appreciate you and and what both of you and John do. And uh, so, we just thanks for working in the schools and uh, treating it more like a, uh, not just a nine to five job. And I know where your heart's at and we've talked quite a few times about your job and, and whatnot and your goal and heart. And uh, we do appreciate it and appreciate yeah. you coming on tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good Thank opportunity. You. Thank you. you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you.